Welcome to Behind the Law with Dennis Vetrano, where you'll receive the support, the motivation, and the inspiration to be your best self each and every day. And now, here's your host, Dennis Vetrano. Welcome, everyone, to the Behind the Law podcast, episode number four. Uh, I'm your host, Dennis Vetrano, and uh, as, as we typically go through, you know, I just want to ask people and really motivate people to ensure that you're living the life you want to be living. Uh, and we have with us again here, uh, and, I'll, and I'll introduce her as my wife, uh, Charlotte Guernsey. Hello, Charlotte. How are you? Hey, good morning. Good. And, and you know, I want to toot Charlotte's horn a little bit. I'll, I'll introduce her also as self-made millionaire. Um, Char, can you tell us something about, just to remind our listeners of what you do, what businesses you're running, um, how they can get, how they can reach you if they wanted to, uh, you know, take advantage of any of those services that your businesses offer. Okay, sure. I own Gatehouse Realty in Beacon, New York, and we are a real estate service. We do sales in commercial and residential and rentals. Uh, we also own Lambs Hill Bridal Boutique, which is a new bridal shop, which is killing it, and we have a wedding venue as well. Okay, and where is the um, where is the bridal shop located? That is in One East Main Street, which is a newly converted factory building in downtown Beacon. Okay, and how can they reach um, the bridal shop? Uh, online, lambshillbridalboutique.com, or the shop number is 845-765-2900. Okay, great. And they, and you also have a venue, a wedding venue as well, correct? Yes, we do. <laughs> we do, know. right? <laughs> I'm framing this as you, but yes, we, of course. Yes, um, and uh, it's a small, intimate venue. We do micro-weddings, so it's under 50, and they're specializing on... Uh, Making something very unique and special and it's over the top with the amazing views and the cuteness factor of our miniature donkeys and horses. Okay, and where can they um, where can they locate that if they were interested in the wedding venue? You can find out more information about that at lambshill.com. Okay, and let's let's uh, let's track back a little bit to the real estate company Gatehouse Realty. How can they get a hold of you if they're seeking to uh, purchase or sell or even just talk about um, you know what the value is of their real estate? How could they reach Gatehouse? They can check out our website at gatehouserealty.com. They could also give us a call at 845-831-9550 or come on down to our location at 492 Main Street. Okay, excellent. The building that we share together. Yes. So excellent. And so that's your office. Yes, as well. well. You'll find us both there. So um so look, I introduced you as self-made millionaire and mm. I think sometimes you know, you're you're you've always been so understated. I think people don't realize how much you've accomplished uh you know in your life and you're still relatively young. So um, look, here's the million dollar question that people I'm sure out there all of our listeners want to know. How did you start? I mean, here you are, you know, self-made millionaire. And I think, how many times did I say that? Three times now? Hmm. Um, And I want people to focus on that because I think it's important. Uh, Self-made and millionaire at a very young age. And look, you know, I I mean, for me, like I, I, you know, you've you've been such a positive influence on my life financially and business-wise and otherwise and such an inspiration. But like if I hadn't had that influence in my life, I don't know how I ever would have gotten to where I am right now. So if I had started from the ground floor, how'd you start? I got to hear this mm-hmm. question. Well, um, I think one of the things is you've got to start young. 
you don't you don't have to, but it, it helps to start young. So start saving, start coming up with a plan, uh, make a quota for yourself to deposit money into your bank account each month. And I'm talking really young. I had a bank account when I was I was five years old, and uh, just make it. Um, it makes you aware of how much money you have and it's encouraging to see your money grow it gave me self-confidence and if someone asked me what i want to be when i was little i would say rich oh that's too funny <laughs> and what age and was that probably somewhere between five and eight you oh, know I, I already knew that money would give you freedom and that's what i i really it gave me confidence and freedom um so it was encouraging to see even a little bit amount of money. I would I would set a quota for myself to put twenty dollars in the bank account each month, and that was made by collecting cans. And as I got a little bit older, babysitting and and making stuff and selling it, and just right. always had my own business. Always kind of had an eye on what would work. Um, and I think also by seeing your money grow in an account, it makes you aware of what you're spending. Right. So, so the goal is to try to, to, to be conscious of that. And then as you get a little bit of savings, I would say like a thousand dollars and up, then you can start switching into mutual funds and stocks and, and watch that grow a little bit more and get a little. So aggressive. how do you get your start listeners? Start saving. <laughs> That's the first thing it you is, do. Start is. saving your money. Right. And then where did it progress from there? So as when I got out of college, I got into real estate as a when I was 23, actually, this year represents 20 years of me being a real wow. estate broker. Which I can't even believe in real estate because it's almost half my life, and I just can't even believe it. Yeah, that's so, awesome. So anyway, getting into real estate, I knew I wanted to buy something. I had enough money saved up to to consider it. I luckily had the right influences by being a real estate agent at that time to um, learn that buying a multi-unit first is the way to go. So uh, I know we spoke about this at our last podcast, so I don't want to repeat too much, but buying a multi-unit. So I was able to find an eight-unit building, which was a multi-use building where our offices are now. Um, I was 23 when I bought it. It needed work. It was in an up-and-coming area, and I did what I could to buy it and used a lot of elbow grease. So what I would suggest to somebody is as soon as they're able they should try to invest in real estate and look for something that people are missing. Because if you look for something that's already done, you're going to be paying top dollar and it's going to be hard to kind of get ahead. And, and in this day and age, it is hard to find a good deal. But if you think about something that maybe someone doesn't see or if you've got an idea for something, um, Airbnb is huge now. Maybe there's an opportunity to do an Airbnb rental. Maybe if you're going to do that, make it a theme you know, something that's going to make it stand out. So whatever you end up doing, I feel like real estate is a, is a great way to build wealth over a long period of time. Uh, if you can have somebody else paying your bills and paying down that mortgage, then you can move on to the next one, have them move into the unit that you're living in by the next one and so on. Right. Um, so save your money enough 
that you'll be able to invest in a piece right. of real estate. And you right. started with an right. eight-unit building. So right. you didn't start with just like one residential house. You started an eight-unit building. Right. And as I said before, if you start with a single family and you're living in it, there's nobody to pay your bills. So you need right. somebody else to pay your bills. That's so you lived and rented. So you lived yes. in one of the apartments and then you rented the rest of them. Yeah. Yeah. And some of them were vacant. And this, this building was a mess when I bought it. And... You know, my back, my background's in fine arts. I went to art school. I wasn't in construction, but I muddled my way through it. I learned a lot along the way. I like to have control over situations. And I would suggest to people... Were you hanging sheetrock? I was hanging sheetrock. Okay. I was taping. Very good at taping, actually. And painting, of course. Okay. Um, but you'll save a lot of money if you're willing to get down and dirty, use some elbow grease, learn how to GC your own projects. When you say GC, you mean general contract. Can you explain what general what a general contractor does, just so people out there understand? All right. So, for example, when I first bought my building, I was going to do major renovation of the facade and the commercial space, which is about 4,000 square feet. I had hired someone who was doing a commercial building around the corner. And I quickly figured out, as I was sweeping after the demo was there and some of the demo guys were there, that I had paid the GC thousand dollars and these guys were getting paid five hundred dollars i'm like well well, what happened to the rest of the money i thought i was paying a thousand dollars so when i realized that he was pocketing five hundred dollars for just calling the dumpster right then i was like well i can do that and i really can't afford i needed every dollar to go towards getting this project done so i fired him and i figured out everything from there so the gc is just someone who manages the job they hire the subcontractors and uh, right. and make sure everything's done well. Now, it's not something you can just fall into. No, you got to do your homework. It's not. You got to learn how not, to do it. And it's not for every single project. Sometimes, if you're a novice and you make mistakes, it ends up costing you the cost of what you would have paid a GC. So right. it's not for everyone, and it depends on the situation. But um, you can kind of grow into it, and it it just depends on what it is. But certainly, I mean, I sell a lot of just like. If you were to buy a two-family that needed work and it needed, you know, the plumber and the electrician and some painting and some, you know, those are things you can manage doing yourself, not subcontracting yourself without having to go and hire someone. Okay. So you did a lot of that work yourself. Look, if somebody's looking to get started out there, look, how much do they really need to come up with to get a start like you did? Well, it depends what you're buying, but um, and these days there are a lot of programs where we can put as little as three percent down if okay. it's going to be owner occupied and it's right. not commercial. Commercially, you're going to need at least twenty to twenty five percent down, but I would try to, you know, try to get at least thirty thousand before you can start shopping for okay. something. I mean, maybe a little bit less, but but I I think the key here yeah. is. Um, Finding something, if you're looking at multi-units, that the rents are undervalued. You know, let's say, so I sold the building next door here. The rents were going for 900 He went in, he fixed it up. We're getting 1600 So each right. each $1,000 of rental income, each, oh, let's, I'll make it easier. Each $10,000 of rental income more that you create on your property per year right. translates into $100,000 of, of value. And that's at a 10% cap rate, which we could sell all day long. So okay. at a 5% cap rate, that's a $200,000 added value. So what about for the listener who's out there who's going, cap rate, math problems, huh? 
I really just want somebody that can guide me through this process. So like, let's say somebody comes into your office. Is that something, someone you could work with and explain those things to them and just say, look, here's what you're looking at. Here's what you should be looking at and kind of give them the lay of the land. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's easy to learn once you start looking at it and understanding it. Oh, really, I mean, anyone can understand, okay, this apartment's getting 800 now. I'm going to fix it up paint it maybe swap out the flooring and the windows and i'm gonna get 1500 i mean anyone can see the difference okay there's an added whatever it is a a year and here's the value so the important thing about adding the value is then you can use it as leverage to purchase another piece of property okay so what about the what about for the people out there who say they say i have ten thousand dollars in there you know how am i going to get my i have ten thousand dollars in a bank account how can I get myself to say that $30,000 milestone so at least I can, you know, be in the ballpark I mean, of getting things done? It, How do they get that money defer together? Defer gratification. And what don't do you mean Don't spend money that? on things that aren't making you money. Try not to spend any, don't live above your means. Live within your means. Yes. Good advice. Yes. I find I tell divorce clients that all the time, not only in the divorce process, but as they exit the process. So that's right. very good advice. Right. But there, there's a couple other things. I mean, I think it's very important to invest in yourself. Okay. Okay. And what do you mean by that? So, for example, when we met. Right. You you were an attorney. Right. And we had our first date. And yep. obviously I met you because you were an attorney, I'll admit. Okay. <laughs> okay. We had our the first. The truth comes out. <laughs> we had our first date and um, I was, I guess, around 28, I don't know. I had owned my building for about five years. I had owned Gatehouse Realty for a number of years. I had just, I had already bought the lands on the mountain, the 10 acres on the mountain. And right. I had just closed on the two family on Tyronda. The 10 acres on the mountain is where the weddings are yes. held, by the way, from Lambs Hill Wedding. So that's, that's the actual venue. And it's an amazing, amazing spot. So here I am in my late 20s in the dating scene. And so we go on our first date. And you're so happy about this new car that you just acquired. And yeah. I'm sorry if this is embarrassing <laughs> to you. No, not at all. Not at all. I'm an open book. You know that. <laughs> so you're going on and on. And of course, it's the first date. So I'm being polite and not saying too much. <laughs> and, actually, and not bringing Actually, up, you're polite most of the time. <laughs> and not bringing up the fact that I was driving a BMW X5. But I thought to myself at, that, at this point, okay, he's got potential, but he's got a lot to learn. Right. So what I meant by that is, right. okay, you've been, you've made an investment in a career that obviously has a tremendous amount of earning potential, which right. is really important. Right. But you needed to figure out you were a wage two earner. A lot of your taxes, you were paying a lot of money to taxes. You right. weren't able to write off anything. Right. These things needed to be turned around. You did not understand that the money you were paying to store your junk was a waste. Right. So and it sometimes it, it takes a little bit of um, walking on, you know, delicate, delicately to get around the fact that how do you tell someone that all their assets really aren't worth anything? Right. So I think, um, you know, it was funny. Then you walked me to my car and then you saw the X5 and you thought I was full of shit. But and I, was, <laughs> I was actually downplaying. I had so much trouble dating because people were intimidated right. that I tried to downplay everything until I get to know people. But um, so we started dating and then uh, we were going to invest in something. And I introduced you to the mortgage process. Right. Which I think was an eye opening experience to that. 
And let me let me just interject a little bit. So so from my perspective, so here I am. I I meet this this young woman, and she's telling me about this. You know, I have an eight. You know, and 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 it was and it wasn't like she was boasting about it. It was just a, in casual conversation. Eight unit building she owns herself, owns her own real estate company. And then when I walked her to her car, she's driving around a virtually brand new BMW X5. So at that moment. I thought to myself, you, you're, you know, a lot of times when you see what other people have, you're, you're really, the first natural human instinct is jealousy. Oh my God, look at what they have. I'm so jealous of those things. But see, I've always been the type of person where my first instinct naturally is jealousy. The next, no, and that's, and anybody no, that suggests, honest. anybody that suggests that that's not what they feel is lying to you. When you see something that somebody else has that you want, your first reaction is jealousy. It's, it's human nature. But what do you do with that? What I said to myself is, man, I've got to get my butt in gear. Because at that point, I was prosecuting child abuse and neglect cases. I was an experienced trial lawyer. I wasn't making that much money. I didn't own a piece of real estate. The only thing I had was what I was storing in a storage shed, the furniture that I had taken from my last apartment. That's all I had. And what I realized through that process, when Shar, of course, kind of worked me through that, is that has no value. And it's part of what I actually say to divorce clients, to be honest. And it's, sometimes it's a tough conversation. That living room right. furniture set, that lawnmower <clears throat> in the garage, those things are insignificant. They have little or no value. Well, All they have is what you can sell them for at a garage sale, and every day they're worth less. What Char tried to teach me at that point, and I learned like firsthand, because I've had people tell me that before. I learned firsthand at that point is that I want something that I own, my value, my net worth really, okay, is something that's gonna grow in value not something that's a disposable item that really, if not just worth less every day, is worth less. Well, in your case- Worthless meaning the, the whole word. <laughs> it was actually costing you money because you were paying for it too. It was. So we ultimately fast forward to the conversation of, and Shar was right all along, and she had to gentle, you know, it's a, it's, it, look, it's, it's tough for someone to realize that they don't own right. anything of value. Here you are, like, I'm an attorney. I'm all that in a bag of chips. Right. But you really didn't have anything. Right. Except for your education, which is which is huge. Right. But I had my education and my experience, and I think that, correct me if I'm wrong, what you saw as the potential is that education and that experience right. and that acumen for what I did. Point is, just because you are a professional, and it happens to doctors all the time, if you're not doing the right things, you can still go down the wrong path. Right. Or if you do do the right things, you're, and you see from your business, it, can, it has tremendous potential. Right. So, so at our first date, that was what I saw. I was like, okay, he's got potential, but he's got a lot to learn. Right. So fast forward maybe six months, I helped the two of us decided to buy a couple of units, two, two families side by side, and we each had one independently. So that was your first experience with the mortgage process, which I remember you saying was 
more difficult than it was the most stressful process i've ever been through in my entire life and that includes the bar exam my first my first mortgage and the reason why it was so eye-opening to you is it it forced you to see assets in and assets or your 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 net worth statement that show your assets and liabilities and like oh crap I'm right. paying this much for my new car. I'm right. paying this much for my doodad right. shed. What do I really have? So what I learned through the mortgage process, and this is this, and listen, this is folks, this is what I tell you. Whether you're a divorce client or you're somebody that just got out of college, or you know, you're you're in your fifties, what you need to be looking at are these sorts of things. Okay? So what the mortgage process taught me is how much money do I have in my bank account? Because if you buy something, you need to show money in your bank account. You need to show you have the money to make the purchase. You need to show how much income you have and how much money's going out the door. So like your net worth statement you fill out in a divorce case, your assets, your liabilities, your income, and your expenses. So again, like Shar said, Got to have money in your bank account. Save your money. Do not live above your means. Money in, money out. And also, the other thing we didn't talk about, liabilities. What I had to do at that point is I had credit card debt. Credit card debt for that junk that was in the storage shed (laughs) that that ultimately got thrown out. And I joked that you were previously married because you had lots of dishes. Yeah, but I've got lots of dishes. I'm like, I don't don't want your dishes. I know. It's all junk. I know. I know. I know. It was bad. And so, so listen, the credit card debt to have the junk that ultimately you had to pay to store and pay to throw out. So again, keep those credit cards down. The real value are things that are growing in value or making you money. So, you know, now, so let's get back to what we're talking about, how people get started. You know, my former boss told me a long time ago that I should, the first thing I should be trying to do is save money and buy a piece of real estate. Now, as an aside, my former boss many years ago owned multiple um, multi-unit buildings and those rentals helped her pay her expenses, helped her run her law office, all of those things. Same thing Shar is telling you. But she told me, look, get started right away. You know, take a look at some buildings. Just get familiarized with what's out there. Even if you've got two cents in your bank account, go to the real estate broker, get copies of listings, and just know what your goal is. Because sometimes that can motivate you more than anything else. So, Shaw, should people be doing that? Yes, absolutely. I mean, you you see from the process of my life. So it's worked for me. And I I just want to go back to us for one sec. Just by that one experience, it turns you right around. I mean, you yes. sold your car, you got rid of the doodad yes. shed, you bought an yes. investment property. It didn't yes. take much for you to catch that bug. Right. Catch the bug of, okay, I'm going to defer my gratification. I'm not going to buy any more dishes. Right. Right. <laughs> so I saw a quote recently that I thought was, I really enjoyed. It was something like, live the way people won't so you can live the way people can't. And that's yeah. how I feel yeah. about that deferred gratification. And that's how I've grown up with, with that that deferred gratification is worth it for me because I know later in life I'm going to be so much more ahead yeah. and I'll have the freedom to do things that, that you just can't without without having that stability. of the, Yeah, I remember that quote. It was, like, it was yeah. like, do the things that most people won't so you can live the way few can or something can't, like right. that. 
something like that. But 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 that's true. And and so and and again, even in the divorce process, what I tell clients is, look, none of these things are immovable objects. People will walk into my office and say, "Well, I have a car. I can't sell it. I I can't get rid of that car. I I can't do that." And I'm like, "But it's a car payment you can't afford." You know, or well, I we can't sell this. This is this is the house I grew up in. I can't sell this house. No, you can't afford the house. I want to put you in a position when you're in 30, 40, 50, whatever, whatever age. I want to put you in a position where your financial future is secure. So you're not filing for bankruptcy. You're not unable to pay your mortgage, those sorts of things. So I, I think the other thing that happens, a big difference of being able to hold on to your money or not hold on to your money is going from a W-2 uh, wage earner to a business owner. Right. And the big difference here is the... Now, all of a sudden, all of your expenses are no longer paid after taxes. Not all. I mean, write-offs. So, you were commuting an hour to Hudson. Right. You were paying for that, and everything you paid for was after. And then one day, I wanted you to take some time off to go to Florida, and they said, no. I said, that's it. You're quitting. Yep. I said, uh, well, it was your choice, obviously. Right. But I said, look... This is all you have to make. Look at what you're actually bringing home and look what how much you have to make if you right. were doing this on your own. Right. And that, I think, was the, the beginning. And um, I was lucky enough to have the commercial space to get you started without a huge amount of overhead. So, so that would be my other suggestion to people. Even if, um, you know, you've invested in a career and you have a really good job, I'm not saying quit the job. I'm saying that even if you have that, there are ways to have outside businesses such as owning real estate that will give you great tax benefits. Okay, so let me so let me get to my next question. And this is, you know, and I think we talked about the financial aspect of it, but let's just say you have somebody who works for someone else and they, they don't have the ability to go out on their own and whatever they're doing. Can anyone do this? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you have you have to be dedicated to it. You have to want it. Right. I think anything that's, you know, if it's easy, everyone's going to do it, right? So you, ha- you have to have a little bit of vision and you have to want it. And you have to be willing to make those sacrifices. Right. Also, how does the, how, look, if somebody's going through a divorce and you've dealt with people like that before in your, in your situations in terms of real estate, I mean... You know, how does divorce affects this? Well, either. And listen, let me just let me just just be clear for a second. When I'm talking about this, I'm talking about putting yourself on the path to financial freedom. Right. Okay. To to if somebody says I want to be a self-made millionaire, you know, the all of these questions are based on that's the goal. You know, can you do this? And it and and again. How, if at all, does divorce affect your ability to do these sorts of things? Right. Well, if you are getting divorced, and let's say you're left with nothing. So I have a friend who was left with nothing, pretty much. Um, I think the first thing you have to realize, it's a new start for you. And, uh, you know, this person and some other friends that I've had that have recently got divorced, they were all not the money earned spouse. Right. They didn't have control over the finances. Right. They didn't know what it was like to have control of their life, really. Right. So I think that's the biggest thing. Like, forget forget about money for a moment. It's it's more about 
having, having, you know, being able to take control of yourself and having your own feet on the ground because there's a certain amount of confidence that's going to come from that. And if you're confident, everything else will start falling into place. So, um, my friends who've came out with nothing are, you know, one of them is now doing great and is in a completely different financial situation. Right. And the other one who's just starting out and has nothing and is living hand to mouth at the moment, you know, she's, she's got to get there. And, um, I'm telling her the same things and we're talking about now, you know, put it yourself in a situation where you're living below your means, no matter right. what it means. If you're, right. if you're picking up a few jobs and you're living with a friend or you're renting something dirt cheap, I mean, you got to do what you can right. to start taking control of your life. You have control of what you do every day. Right. Make sure your money in is more than your money out. Right. And I think and anyone in, can do that. And I think, look, in the divorce process, that's really what I stress. And what I try to focus on is control. Take back control of your life. If you're if you were never the person that managed the finances, you have no idea what the cable costs. You have no idea what the mortgage is. You have no idea how much money you're bringing in per month after taxes. You need to figure that out. So part of it, and, and, and sometimes those conversations are hard because I say, fill out a net worth statement. We go through it together. This is how much you have coming in every month. This is how much you have going out. If, if, the, if what's going out is higher than what's coming in, it's a problem. And, and look, there is no immovable object. That car that you just bought a year ago that you're paying, you know, $500 a month for your payment, you know, look, you may say, I can't afford that. And that's the beginning of the realization of what you need to do, the changes you need to make to get on this path. You never get on this path if you don't look, look at the harsh reality. For me, I had to look at it. I didn't own anything of real value. I had my degree, I had my experience, I had my ability as a lawyer. I took the things that, that could make me money that had the most value and I maximized those things. Right. And Shar, of course, was a huge influence and inspiration to, to get me to see those things and do those things. But I'm hoping that we are, through this conversation, inspiring you to do the same thing. And you can do the same thing. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how much or how little money you make. It doesn't matter how much or how little debt you have. You can start now. You can start at any time. So, and we talked a little bit about this before, Shar. I mean, how do taxes factor into all of these conversations? Because I had somebody tell me a long time ago that taxes are the most important aspect of all of this. Right. And when I say all of this, I'm meaning to get yourself to financial freedom. Yeah, well, it's what you keep, right? And the government will take as much as they can. Right. <laughs> so So when you say what you keep, it's like, look, at the end of the day, how much taxes are you paying and how much money are you really coming home with? So again, getting back to that net worth statement, how much money do you really have in your pocket to pay those expenses you have every month? Right, right. So find ways to um, create write-offs legally, of right. course. Right. And um, if you are a W-2 earner, you know, have something on the side. And real estate's a great 
way to do that. Um, you, with real estate, you have depreciation, you have uh, writing off the interest on the mortgage, you've right. got expenses right. of maybe you've hired someone to redo the front walkway or this or that. Right. You know, all these things are now expenses. All Your waste. travel time, right. and we own something in Florida. Guess what? Our trips to Florida were write offs. Yeah. So, um, and I think, listen, I'll also, you know, we're we're probably going to talk to him at some point on the podcast because I think he's an excellent accountant, uh, Art D. Dominicus. He's our accountant. And um, he was another huge positive influence in my life. Somebody that, you know, look, part of the advice, at least for me, and I don't know what you think about this, Char, is I suggest clients do this all the time. Part of the starting point is go in and talk to a real estate broker. Also, go in and talk to an accountant. Instead of having your, ta- you know, I used to have my taxes done at H&R Block. I took my taxes into Art, who you referred right. me to, right. who's been excellent. I, I've been using for years. Yeah. Right. I went into him and I said, Art, give me some ideas on how I can keep more money in my pocket. And if you get the right accountant, if you get the, look, if you get the right influences in your life, they will point you in the right direction. They'll give you suggestions. He specializes in small businesses too. So he, he knows everything in and out. He's great. Well, and he's going to give, I think a lot of, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. He's going to give a lot of the same suggestions you would give in terms of investing and stuff like that. Probably. And he also has a lot of real estate investments himself. Yeah. He's very successful, um, fellow and, um, you know, definitely wants to point people in the right direction. But insofar as taxes are concerned, don't hesitate to walk into a really good accountant's office and not don't pay them just to do your taxes. Pay them for an hour consult. It's it'll be worth its weight in gold. Somebody who really knows what they're doing. And they'll hopefully point you in the right direction on again getting on this path, you know? Purchasing real estate, give you more write-offs, opening your own business. There's a lot of things out there you can do. So anything else to add on the taxes front, Char? No, I I mean that's the main thing is to find okay. find some depreciation so you can spend pay more of your expenses with before tax money. That's okay. the goal. Yeah, that's definitely excellent advice. So so let's recap a little bit. Look, start saving folks, really. Live within your means. The exercises of Doing a net worth statement, whether you're going through a divorce or not, whether you just started out or you're 65 years old entering retirement, do a net worth statement. You can find them online. See what your, you know, allow yourself to get a diagnosis of, give even self-diagnose what your financial health looks like. How many assets? How many liabilities? How, what's your income? What are your expenses? And then talk to some professionals, you know? If you, it, it, and, and it doesn't matter how much you have in your bank account. Talk to someone like Shard at Gatehouse Realty. Talk to someone like our accountant and sit down and do a consultation with them, okay? Because all of these, and you, look, you're going to see the, the, the real truth of what's going on, and sometimes you may not like what you see. But look, just like that initial emotion I had when I saw Shard's car, when I walked her to her car, you feel bad about yourself. You might feel, you know, a little jealous, of what other people have. When you get those emotions, use them as fuel. Use them as fuel to to move yourself forward. Be willing to make the hard choices. Be willing to hang sheetrock like Char did. Be willing to, you know, look, Char, a lot of times we don't talk about this too. Circumstances where you had limited funds to even even pay for meals. You were eating ramen noodles just so you could make sure you had money for another, you know, another board of sheetrock. 
to make That's sure right. that building could get done. It's going over to my parents' house and <laughs> taking <raiding> the- <laughs> beans out of the pantry. <laughs> raiding the pantry, yeah. But look, be willing to make those tough choices. Be willing to put in the work. And then, you know what? If you do all of those things, believe me, you can do it. Anybody can do it. Doesn't matter how old, doesn't matter how much debt, doesn't matter what you do. Everything from the from the secretary to the construction worker to the doctor to the brain surgeon, you're, you're all capable of it. So look, just get out there and make it happen. Make sure you are living the life you want to be living and are on the path to financial freedom. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to the Behind the Law podcast with Dennis Vetrano, episode number four. You can definitely check us out online, drvetranolaw.com. That is my divorce law firm. And look, you know, even if you guys decide, hey, I heard about that accountant, I heard about this one, I just want to get a referral, don't hesitate to give us a call either, 845-831-1405. Thanks again for tuning in.